On the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus prays to his Father, I have given them your word, and the world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them from the world, but you keep them from the evil one. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Nate Gazau, and you're listening to Aliens on Earth. Thank you for joining us. We've got a very special episode lined up just for you. Stick around. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode five. It's all just white noise. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever find yourself consumed by something? It takes up your time, your energy, all your thoughts, every waking desire. Maybe it's work or getting that promotion at work. For some of us, it's getting consumed by service. I gotta serve. It's just what I do. So we think of a place we've never served in and it makes us feel so fulfilled. You know, oftentimes in a society that's fixated on people becoming their best version of themselves. Self-help books are at an all-time high in popularity. It's easy to get lost in a pattern of jumping from one good thing to another, you know, trying to get our lives better in a better place. Sometimes this leaves us in a restless and in just in a pursuit of more and more, you know, worry creeps in and we ask ourselves, am I doing good? Am I missing out on anything? And we begin to live out of fear. We try to find our purpose or a sense of security in our work or in our hobbies. And for some of us, we find our purpose in the acts of serving for our own gratification. We say things like, as long as I get this, I'm good. As long as I do this, I'm fine. We can even base our identities really around what we've built over our lives. And there's so many voices though that are around us speaking to us all the time. Whether that's through societal expectations, media, friend groups, education systems, you know, all these things are fighting for our attention, for our focus. And some of the things we do, we don't even know why we do them. It's just pretty much because it's a social norm. And we can really get caught up in living to match our neighbors, our friends, trying to be like the Joneses that we, you know, spend our lives in this sort of rat race never once looking to what matters most. If our hearts are fixed solely on the cares of this world, on our career advancement, financial or physical well-being, social status, even acts of service, we can begin to operate out of selfish living that can really come disguised as ambition. We can live isolated lives that's disguised as independence and self-sufficiency, you know, because there's not enough time in the day to focus on anything other than the empire I'm building. As Christians, we begin to live a more short-sighted Christian life that is really self-centered rather than Christ-centered. Our prayers won't be that his kingdom come and his will be done, but that he build our kingdom. Our requests become all about us, 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 you know, using people and loving resources. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus begins teaching the people and he's telling them, beware of hypocrisy. This is very important. Jesus is telling them every single thing you do in secret will be exposed to the public. He's talking about motives here. He says, nothing that is covered up will remain that way. It will be revealed. All the little whispers will be brought to light. Jesus is saying that the Pharisees have a tendency to use godly living as a disguise for their own gain. 
they're not genuine in their actions at all they're not genuine not one bit so he tells them that they seek self-gratification in other words they're chasing clout and using god as a means for their own agendas in verse 4 jesus begins to tell them he says i tell you my friends do not fear those who can kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do but i'll warn you to whom you should fear fear him who after killing the body has authority to cast into hell yes i tell you fear him and then he goes on to say are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten about before god why even the hairs on your head are all numbered fear not you are more valuable than many sparrows and jesus is stating that we shouldn't operate out of the fear of man or earthly constructs or missing out things that we just get all caught up about that may just kill our body but afterwards has no effect on our lives whatsoever but he says fear god who has all authority not just on earthly life but also on your eternity he's saying to them hello earthly life is not all there is in fact there's an eternity after and you need to think more heavenly and kingdom minded live with the kingdom of god at the forefront of your minds then you see here jesus turns it up a notch in verse 8 and he says to everyone who acknowledges me before men the son of man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But to the one who denies me before men, he will be denied before the angels of God. And he says, everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and rulers and authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. The Holy Spirit will teach you in every hour what you ought to say. So Jesus emphasizes that while we're here on this earth, we're to be representatives for him. We are to just speak up, but not only with our words, let our lifestyle show it. Even in the quiet places where no one's watching, where no one's looking, he's trying to get his people to understand that their life here on earth is temporary. It's very short. And if we spend all our time building and creating an earthly kingdom that fades away, really fear the one who's in control of your eternity. Jesus is saying, he will expose the ones pretending you know here's where things get a little bit interesting meanwhile there's a plot twist here so meanwhile all this is happening jesus is teaching these crowds jesus is speaking up about the kingdom of god he's telling them don't worry about what's going on on earth instead focus your heart and focus your attention on god's kingdom god will take care of you right as he's teaching a man abruptly shouts and says teacher tell my brother to share the inheritance with me and jesus says to him man who made me a judge or arbitrator over you and guys this is interesting because you're probably thinking well jesus aren't you the judge and really over everything like he's asking a pretty legitimate question here let's pause for a second and look at the irony of all this this man is in the presence of jesus he's being told don't worry about the earthly things instead fear god represent him well on earth but all this man could think about was his inheritance <laughs> the bible headlines this part in scripture and the bible labels it the rich young fool can you imagine he's so overwhelmed and consumed with this financial status that even the warnings of jesus are 
going through one ear and out the other. <laughs> one way, honestly, that we can have a real heart check and see where we stand, really see if we've been distracted or consumed by life and the cares of this world is when we enter into the presence of God. Do we hear the word of God and walk away unaffected? Walk away thinking of our own things? When I say unaffected, I don't mean a momentary concern or reaction to a really good sermon. But after being in the presence of Almighty God, do we leave there and it's just business as usual? Maybe we complain that God never speaks to us or he didn't answer the prayer we sent. Maybe we're so busy serving, caught up in our roles, that we never take time to be still before God. This is a really dangerous way to live as a believer. We must never lose sight of eternity and the real reason why we were created. The devil has really, to be quite honest, deceived a lot of us into thinking that we're on this earth just to simply grow up, to get a good education, go to a great school, get a great job, get married, have kids, help our family, friends, and community in some humanitarian way impact the world, grow old, and hopefully see some grandkids and die. This is the farthest thing from your purpose. And yes, all these things are good, but they're added benefits. They're not the purpose or the sole reason for our existence. Some of us are so focused on living the soft life, having a good 401k savings, early retirement so we can travel the world, or simply focused on building the next big company, filling a church pew on a Sunday. All these things are well and good, but we must never lose sight of eternity. In verse 16 of Luke chapter 12, he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. He thought to himself, what should I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. That's a good problem, right? <laughs> He's got so much wealth, he doesn't know what to do with himself. And he says, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all the grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, so he's speaking to himself and he's saying, I will say to my soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink and be merry. In other words, boy, you did it. You, you worked hard. You saved up. Now chill out. Go travel. Go do what you got to do. Right. But God said to him, fool, tonight your soul is required of you and the things that you've prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Ooh, that's powerful right there. He says, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This guy had so much wealth, he didn't know even where to store it. He had to tear his old stuff down and build something bigger. No thought of giving to God or people who are in need. No thought of community. Just consumed with me, myself, bettering me. How can I stay ahead? How can I do what's best for me, me, me? Does that sound familiar? You're probably thinking, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with wanting what's best for yourself and your family. The issue is when our focus and attention is given and dedicated to the things God tells us not to worry about. We begin to live our lives wrapped up in a temporary world that we become, as Paul says, nearsighted believers, useless to the kingdom of God and the advancement of his kingdom for the true reason that we were created. Just like the man from verse 13, we can hear 
all kinds of sermons. Jesus could be telling us, don't fear. I got you. I got your back. Don't fear. Meanwhile, we raise our hands and say, Jesus, I need this in my life. Jesus, do it. And God is like, hello, I'm trying to get you to think of my kingdom. And we can we can go to all kinds of gatherings. But if our hearts are not consumed with God and they're consumed with other things, we could be hearing and not really hearing. We could be listening, but not really understanding. When we're consumed with ourselves, we want Jesus for our benefit. And we don't even realize that we're missing the entire point. We show a form of godliness with our speech, with our traditions, like the Pharisees did. You know, showing up to church, praying in public. When our favorite hill song comes on, we scream and praise, but we deny his power with our lifestyle with that selfish lifestyle. Jesus may be speaking to us and we'd miss it entirely because we've not inclined our hearts and ears to the heavenly things. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, Jesus says, Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. That says this. Pay attention to this, guys. This is crazy. You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, I would heal them. So he's saying, these people, the prophet, the prophecy in Isaiah is, you know, the people of God had drifted away from God. It's almost like they're seeing and not seeing, because their heart is gripped by the cares of the world. Their heart is gripped by all the things that God opposes. They've been so soaked up and saturated with the earthly living that their heart has grown dull. They've become insensitive to God's word, to God's heeding, to his instructions. Their ears can barely hear. They can't even handle or tolerate the truth unless it's something that benefits their physical bodies, unless it's something that benefits their ideas and kingdoms. They're totally closed off. It says their eyes have been closed lest they should see. And then Jesus says, if they did turn and if they did return back to me, I would heal them. And he tells his disciples in that moment, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, which means long to see Jesus, to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And he's telling them, you guys are blessed because you see me. People have been longing for this for generations and you have me now. The disciples had left everything to chase after him, to follow him, to be like him. And he tells them, you guys are blessed. You see and hear and understand. And guys, let's really focus in. It's such a dangerous place to be when you can hear the word of God constantly be exposed to truth, but it goes in one ear and out the other. If our hearts grow dull to it because our hearts are set on our own visions, our own empire, our own agendas. Oftentimes people that even grow up in the church that teach Sunday school every Sunday and are just super busy for God can miss God himself getting so caught up in the work. Let's take a look for a second here. Luke chapter 10 verse 38 gives us another awesome example. It says, now they went on their way. Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. It says she was distracted with much serving. Can you imagine serving being a distraction? 
she went up to him and said lord do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone like hello do you see this she's sitting here listening to you while i'm trying to get this house in order tell her to get up and help me so she in her heart believes she's doing what she needs to be doing she's serving she's serving she's serving right but the lord answered her martha you are anxious and troubled about many things you see the correlation there she's so focused and fixed on things she's 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 serving she's working she's doing all this but she doesn't she fails to realize she's in the presence of almighty jesus she's doing her own thing and she's totally missing jesus she's running around but he's sitting right there jesus responds back mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her whoa see martha's distracted with serving you know really why is what martha's doing wrong anyways she's just serving god but jesus tells her that her focus is distracted she's in the presence of god she's worried about getting the kitchen organized and stressing about things that in the grand scheme of things don't even really matter at all jesus responds to martha telling her hold up there's one thing that's necessary and mary has chosen what is good and he goes on to tell her no one can take that from her Remember from earlier reading in Luke 12 from 4 to 7 when Jesus was telling the people, don't be afraid or don't worry about who can destroy the body. In other words, don't worry about what's going on on this earth, but fear the one who can destroy the body and send you to hell. So Jesus is affirming here that Mary has chosen the one. She has chosen to devote her attention to the one. She knows there's things to be done in the house. There's things to be cleaned. There's things to be served. But she has chosen to prioritize, to lean into and spend time with, focus on and give priority to. Set the work and the busyness aside for the one who is the reason for it all. And Jesus says no one can take that from her. In other words, she's secure in this. And this begs the question, are we focused on the perishable things? Are we anxious and in a constant state of frenzy jesus wants to remind us today to focus on him focus on the eternal things align yourself to the one who created you for his purpose otherwise we'll be people who hear and not really understand who see but don't really see god may be speaking to us but we're tuned into another channel so we're missing him and I'll end with this. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And he goes on to describe the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, how God cares for all of them, and how they live worry-free. And you know, he also tells us that when we put the kingdom of God first and all its righteousness, all the things we need, yes, need, not want, but need, will be added unto us. God isn't telling us to be lazy, sit around and wait for manna to rain from heaven instead of working. Or he's not even telling us to hate money and desire poverty, but he's telling us to keep the main thing, the main thing focus on the kingdom we can learn a thing or two from Zacchaeus he was probably one of the wealthiest tax collectors around you know he had money he was the head honcho he's balling but he knew that there was something missing in his life he was restless he was worried about things he was he had the cares of this world all wrapped up around his mind but there was a desperation in him that led him to forsake his status to run and climb up a tree. Imagine me with me for a second, someone of Zacchaeus' stature, running, 
climbing up a tree and you know that's honestly it's pretty silly he could have arranged for a way to see jesus in a more grand fashion in a more elaborate way but desperation led him to climb a tree and wait for jesus there and he, it says he was curious to see who he was the one who would change his life forever came to see him that day and he calls him down from that tree and had fellowship with him. Fellowship with Jesus made Zacchaeus realize that, oh wow, I was focused on the wrong mission, focused on building the wrong kingdom. His change of heart is evident when he decides to give away his money to the poor and repay the people that he cheated in the past. Jesus tells him, you too are a son of Abraham. In that moment, his eternity was secured. So one thing is true for us, all of us, when we fix our eyes on what is eternal and live to advance God's kingdom, there's no amount of money or stuff that can give us the satisfaction and joy that we get out of the presence of God. God's word says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Just remember that the ways of God are foolish to this world. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, the Bible tells us, but a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. In other words, someone who is consumed by earth's values, caught up in the rat race, can't even understand the things of God because they're a whole other kingdom discerned spiritually. I want to encourage you, take time to evaluate your heart and priorities. Are we living for God's kingdom and living with his kingdom at the forefront of our minds and our hearts? If so, God tells us, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. I've got you. Focus on me and represent me well on earth and I got you. But if we're living nearsightedly with just our own agendas in sight, far be it from us that God would say to us, you fool, tonight your soul is required of you. For whom have you gathered all this? If you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that we have on this podcast, please download it, share it with your friends, leave us a comment, tell us what you think. Until next time, this is Aliens on Earth. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that we have on this podcast, please download it, share it with your friends, leave us a comment, tell us what you think. Until next time, this is Aliens on Earth. We'll see you next week.